He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. When it comes down to it, most choices in life are between love and fear. Those are the two primary energies that move everything. And lots of people do great things because they're afraid of being laughed at, being hungry or being hurt. So fear. Lots of people do amazing things for the love of others or what they're doing. So there's no right or wrong. But the only way to truly remember your spiritual essence is to embrace the path of love. There's no fear in spirit. It's pure love. So in honor of Valentine's Day coming up, in today's podcast, I'm going to walk you through the sacred wheel and give you some hints on how love and fear show up in the sacred wheel so that you can see the path ahead more clearly And when you come upon these choices, you can choose wisely. Before we do that, I'm Laura Giles, and I want to welcome you to Surviving to Thriving, a weekly podcast that gives you tips on how to use the sacred wheel, nature's manual on how to live a holistic life. If you like the podcast, I invite you to subscribe and review it as that helps to boost the ranking so others can find it too. So I'm grateful that you're here. Thank you. Before we get into love and fear, I should probably define them so that we're on the same page. When most people talk about love, they're talking about lust, obsession, infatuation, or something that arises out of fear. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongdoings. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That comes from the Bible, and it sounds like a pretty good definition to me. It says nothing about butterflies in the stomach, instant attraction, passion, or not being able to eat or sleep. Yet things like that are what we're taught to look for. When I was a teenager, I was with somebody who wasn't a good fit. And I wanted to leave, and he said that he couldn't live without me. Not wanting to be responsible for him committing suicide, I stayed until I wised up that I was being manipulated. It wasn't my responsibility to babysit his emotions. So I tried to leave again. And he upped the ante to, if I can't have you, no one will. And this is the type of thing that some people see as proof that their love is strong. Love is not jealous, possessive, obsessive, controlling, or violent. Love is open and flowing. Love doesn't care if you're loved back. We love because we're loving. It's not about what you get in return. It's what you are. What keeps us from expressing that is fear. Now, fear can get a bad rap. Fear has a purpose. So I don't want to dump on fear. 
Fear helps us to stay alive. It can motivate us to action when we're in danger. The problem is that most of the time we're not in danger, but our brain is on high alert as if we are. So we act from a place of fear rather than reason or love. And that leads to all sorts of problems and unhappiness. More than that, though, it takes away from our true essence. And the more we stay in fear, the more we forget that we're love. Everything's a vibration. We all come into this world as love. We're subject to the law of resonance, which means that when two like vibrations come into close proximity with each other, the strong one dominates the weaker one and they begin to resonate with the same vibration. So if your vibration is weak, you will become a follower rather than a leader in your life. And fear is a low vibration. Love is a high vibration. So let's look at how the elements can either be a trap or a blessing as you cycle around the sacred wheel. As you know, the sacred wheel has no beginning and no end, but I'm going to start with the earth element because earth is about survival. It's food, water, shelter, safety, stability. And if we aren't born in a physically and emotionally safe environment, it sets us up to live in fear. Love isn't an option if you're living in fear. I know two guys who are millionaires. They both grew up in poverty and they both use this as inspiration to scrape and grind until they grew very respectable businesses. They both have more money than they could ever spend, but neither is slowing down. One is pretty miserly most of the time. He doesn't enjoy his own money and doesn't give it to anyone else. He's pretty suspicious that everyone's out to cheat him. The other one's quite generous. He takes care of a lot of people and everyone can tell at a glance that he's doing well because he's pretty showy with his lifestyle. Despite having loads of money, both of these guys are still ruled by fear of poverty. That fear drives everything they do. And when the heart is full of fear, there is little room for love. Money is earth energy. I see lots of people trying to manifest more money when they don't have a money problem. They have a fear problem that there isn't enough. They have a poor management or impulse control problem. Most of us in the West aren't hungry or homeless, but a lot of us grew up with emotional poverty. We didn't feel well loved or cared for. It could have been because we had a cold parent, an abusive parent, a critical parent, or maybe a parent was absent for some reason or an addict. Not feeling loved can create a fear of abandonment. And some people say that fear of public speaking or fear of death are the top human fears, but I don't think those surveys included fear of abandonment as one of the options because almost 100% of my coaching clients have this issue to some degree or another. Fear of abandonment can lead us to lie, manipulate, give our power away, violate our boundaries, and do all kinds of unhealthy destabilizing things. Maybe we stay close to someone but it comes at a sacrifice of true love. It's a plastic transactional relationship. Love is given freely, not manipulated or traded like a commodity. So if we want love, we have to cultivate healthy earth energy. This means making our bodies healthy, strong, and protecting them with healthy boundaries. It means learning how to provide for our own physical and emotional needs so we don't have to rely on others. It means trusting that nature provides and knowing that there will be lean times. It also means resolving our trauma and attachment issues. 
Trauma is when the energy of an unpleasant past experience intrudes upon the present. So the two millionaires I talked about are an example of this. They're both acting as if their childhood poverty is threatening them in the present, and it isn't. Safety is is as much about a roof over your head and the food to eat as it is about emotional safety. When we're not safe, it's not easy to love because we have to be vulnerable to give and receive love. So if you want love and have some problems with your earth energy, I'd start there. When earth is healthy, you know who you are. You have healthy boundaries. You're rooted and belong to a time, place, family, and community. You can provide for yourself. You can take care of your own emotional needs. You're in good relationship with your environment. Since you appreciate beauty and pleasure, you can have a good time without being attached to it. You're willing to work for what you have and contribute to the welfare of others because you belong to them and they belong to you. You feel solid and grounded and enjoy the little things. Like this morning, the colors of the sunrise was just amazing. I live in the woods and the sun was coming up over the trees and shining down onto a pond. And it was the most amazing bright orange that tinted everything such a warm color. And I had to stop for a moment and admire the little gifts that we can pass by without seeing. That's what I mean. Good, solid earth energy helps us to see and appreciate things like that. No matter how much stuff we have, it's enough because we're enough. If you don't have mastery over earth, you'll always live in fear because earth is about survival. It's primary. We all prioritize our emotional needs in different ways, but when survival is threatened, safety becomes the most important thing. Fear is the Lord of safety. That's its job, to keep us alive. And we can't get out of fear until we're physically and emotionally safe. The next stop on the sacred wheel is the element of air. And air is thoughts, communication, speech, inspiration, and mental intelligence. And I don't have to tell you that we're not taught how to think these days. We're told what to think. When little kids are preschool aged, they're all geniuses when it comes to creativity. You can give them a stick and they'll find a thousand different things that that stick can represent. It's a person, a toy, a magic wand, a stick shifter on a car, and so on. But by the time the child is six and has been in school a little while, if you test their creative intelligence, it plummets. By the time they're adults, they're all dunces. They have learned that there are right and wrong answers. They learn to reject the answer that is not socially agreed upon. They learn to demonize creative thought. And if I'm afraid of speaking up or having a different opinion, my air energy is not serving me. If I'm not communicating who I am, what I want, or what my boundaries are, I'm living in fear. It's as if I'm not even here. I have a lovely air client who hates to be pinned down. She likes to keep her options open and consider all kinds of possibilities. She loves being free. And that is a wonderful expression of air energy. Air is everywhere. It's flexible and open like love. When air is dogmatic, strict, precise, dull, and rigid, that's not fun. That's coming from a space of I know, which is utter nonsense. Now, I know there's a lot of really bright people in the world with some really brilliant ideas, but the human brain is limited in our capacity to perceive because That's just the way that it's designed. 
The body has five senses, sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell, right? And within these five senses, there's a frequency that we can perceive and things outside of that frequency that we can't, right? For example, dogs have a really good sense of smell and hearing. Some of them can track people, animals, and that kind of thing. And they'll start barking long before their human is aware that there's anything out there. Dogs can sense whether someone is friendly or not because their brains are tuned into frequencies that we can't perceive. And we've all heard that dogs can perceive ghosts, right? A dog will bark or respond in some way to something that no one else can see. So do you see what I'm saying when I say that to limit what's possible to what we can perceive is very limiting? We can't perceive electricity or radio waves without an instrument, but they're real. Imagine what else is real that we routinely dismiss because of the lack of imagination and rigidity. I have a lot of clients who have a trauma history who have a hard time believing anything without looking it up and scientifically verifying it with 12 sources. They believe it because they're told to believe it by someone whom they find credible. They aren't believing it because they think it's true. If you ask them what they believe, they don't know. They go along with the experts and give their power away. This is how fear hijacks our air energy. If this is how you think when love comes along, you're going to be all in your head with thoughts like, was he flirting with me? No, he wasn't flirting with me. He was just being polite. I bet he has a girlfriend or a wife and probably 10 kids. No, he wouldn't look at me. Why would he look at me? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and nothing ever gets off the ground because you overthink things and put a negative sheen on it before it has had a chance to develop. Sound familiar? It's easy to be all in your head and overthink things. Why isn't he texting me? Is he losing interest? Did I do something wrong? Blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, you can't sleep and you're ready to do a drive-by to check things out when he's just at home asleep or hanging out with his friends or something. When we're feeling insecure and want to feel closer, fear will make us do ineffective things like blow up, pull away, or pick a fight about little things that we would have overlooked when we weren't feeling anxious. If we have healthy air, we can communicate with vulnerability and love and share our feelings, ask for what we want. We may not get it, but we won't get spun up over it, nothing either. Love's a skill. It takes practice to do it well. One of the ways to practice that is through your language. Do you mean what you say and say what you mean? Or do you hint? Say passive aggressive things or don't commit to a position at all. That's a great way to get your boundaries violated because you aren't creating any. It's a good way to make the other person feel unsafe and unsure. What about cursing? I was watching a Matt Damon movie. I think it was Mystic River. I'm quite sure that there were a hundred curse words in the first five minutes and it wasn't even a scene where anyone was angry. It was just an everyday scene and the whole movie went on that way. We call using profanity cursing because that's what it is. It's low vibration words that are meant to shock and harm others. Words have meaning. They have energy. Our words are a reflection of us. Being intentional about that is useful because it's a way of leading a conscious life versus moving through life without thinking and then wondering how you got where you are. If you're in your body, you'll feel the difference between a high vibration and a low vibration experience. The mind is a very powerful tool that we can use to create reality if it has the earthy foundations of discipline and intention. 
that strong, earthy, secure sense that comes from earth energy is what will allow our lizard brain, which is where the fear comes from, to settle down so our logical brains can kick in and work for us. All the elements can either work with us or against us. And when we use the elements mindfully, they're our teachers and friends. When things get out of balance, we can take the path of fear, and that typically doesn't get us what we want. It may not even make us feel any safer. So when air is discerning, impartial, innovative, and easygoing, love flows easily. And that prepares us for fire. I think fire is probably the element most associated with love because of passion, but it could just as easily be associated with fear. Fire can be destructive. I'm sure you know of someone who has been burned by love and wanted to respond by burning things down. People have asked me how to curse people or what's the best way to get revenge upon someone who has hurt them. And that's the worst use of fire, in my opinion. What we send out comes back to us and hurt people hurt people. So the best way to neutralize that hurt is to wrap it in love and forgive. Fire is the energy of power, but that power has to be balanced by responsibility. So again, if that earth isn't strong, you're not going to be grounded enough to be responsible, are you? And if your air isn't disciplined, you're not going to be able to detach from it and be reasonable. So although we talk about the elements like they're separate things, they really aren't. They're all interwoven into each other. And fire is a magic of the four because it's the action that takes the potential from the idea stage to reality stage. I may have a secret crush on you, but if I don't put any action behind it, it never comes out into the world. I may have the greatest idea for a life-saving invention, but if I never develop it, it doesn't help anyone. So love needs to be expressed. It's not meant to be hoarded all for yourself. Energy needs to move. Stagnant energy, like anything else, is kind of gross. If you're familiar with uh, the Dickens story, Great Expectations, it's like Miss Havisham. She got burned and hoarded her love inside her until it turned toxic. Then she used that anger and hurt to nurture it in her daughter as a weapon. And that's horrible. Give your love away. If it's returned, great. If it's not, keep giving it away. Be an expression of love. You're the source of it. It never runs out if you keep your heart open. And I know the challenge of that. I've heard it and experienced it a million times. They're givers and there's takers and the takers don't seem to know or care about giving. It makes it hard to keep giving when it feels like the love and care you offer just go into a black hole. And that's where reciprocity comes in. Reciprocity isn't a debt. It doesn't mean that if I give you a ride to work one day, you have to come to lunch with me when I ask. Reciprocity is a loving understanding that we're in this life together when we help each other, support each other, and contribute to the whole we all benefit. A rising tide lifts all boats. When only a few support the many, we create a parasitic society, and we all know if left long enough, the parasite will consume the host, and then nobody survives. If your earth isn't strong, you're a parasite. And we're all parasites when we're in the womb and in childhood because we haven't learned how to be self-supporting and emotionally stable yet. So I'm not pointing fingers, just saying that it's all our jobs to grow up. When we get old and have to slow down, we'll lean on the younger generation. But if the younger generation can't support itself well, well, you see how that leads to collapse. So fire is about doing, exploring, manifesting. 
or it's about destroying, vegging out and refusing responsibility, which is a fear of growing up, a fear of meeting your destiny and a fear of failure. Failure is part of the game. Nobody succeeds on the first try. Think about a time when you learned how to do anything. Oh, I remember when I was uh, in creative writing class as a freshman in college. I thought I was a pretty good storyteller. I had lots of ideas and could see these things in my mind. I've always um, been a good student, so I was not prepared when I got my first paper back and there were comments in red all over the paper. I was heartbroken. I was not used to this. And I wanted to crawl under the desk and disappear. And it got worse because the teacher asked some of the students to read aloud from their papers and mine was nowhere near as good. The teacher wasn't being mean with his comments. He was speaking the truth. So I had a choice to make. Was I going to slink away and give up? Which would have been putting my fire out? Or was I going to take the constructive criticism and use it to be better? That failure was only a failure if it meant the end of the road. If I kept going, it's feedback to help me improve until I could develop the skills to be a good creative writer. Learning the lesson of fire isn't easy, especially when it comes to love. We put our whole soul into a dream or a person, and if they don't love us the way we love them, it can feel like the world turns to black. But if you practice loving every day, so love the sky, love the way the frost creates a beautiful white trim around blades of grass, and love the way your car hums as you drive it down the road, loving a person is easy. We don't expect the moon to love us back, do we? So why is it different for a person? Just love. I think the love of a grandparent is a good way to practice. Our grandparents have a special place because they aren't responsible for our discipline so they can hear our mistakes, hopes, and radical ideas with love and amusement. They don't get alarmed the way that our parents do because they don't have the same role as our parents. And hopefully they're older and wiser and have chilled out. My grandfather was definitely that for me. He was so easy to love and he was an endless supply of it. So he always had time, he always had laughter, and he was so full of the most amazing stories. Trying to love somebody who's full of fear isn't easy though because they bite. Like I said, when I was talking about this stingy millionaire, I was looking for how they're being cheated or wronged. They're closed off and closed down. Or if you find someone in the middle who isn't quite close to love but isn't open either, it can feel like loving someone who just takes. And that's challenging. So think about who you want to be. The guy who expresses love or expresses fear. The guy who gives love away or the one who has none to give or hoards it. Be the source of your own love and it's a no-brainer. You don't have to suck other people dry for it and you find it easier to give it away. So there's nothing to fear. You always have enough. If you grew up safe and stable, you knew what it was like to have all your elements balanced and healthy. But then school happens and you start learning that you're wrong, you're bad, and things have to be done in a certain way in order for you to be acceptable. That throws us into a loop where earth becomes about surviving, air becomes about coping, most people don't ever make it past that point because they don't know how. So they never master sovereignty or vibing energy of fire where they can move confidently under their own power and aren't aware that we're all pure love. We are the source of love. I know that it's not easy to think that way when you're in a situation where you love someone who's not practicing healthy boundaries, 
being unclear, and it feels sneaky. Leave that to them. That has nothing to do with you. Love anyway. If they accept it, cool. If they don't, cool. Keep being an expression of love. Love is who we are. It's what we do. Most of all, do not forget that. Water is emotion, intuition, and hidden and unknown things. Emotions are physical. If I'm angry, my face gets hot and red, my shoulders go up, my voice raises. If I'm sad, I collapse in on myself. That's what I mean when I say emotions are physical. They're expressed in the body. So having a good connection with earth can help us to master our emotions. If I'm not in my body, and a lot of people aren't, it's gonna be really hard to know what I feel and respond appropriately. What I think tells me what to feel. So if I don't know what I think, I won't know what to feel and life is gonna be really confusing. Here's what I mean. Let's say that it's snowing. If I think, now I'm gonna be late for work and the whole rest of the day is gonna be challenging, probably gonna feel frustrated. If I think, yay, snow day, I haven't played in the snow in ages, this is gonna be great, then I'm probably pretty excited. It's the same event. All that changed are my thoughts. So being pessimistic and incapable is gonna lead to a lot of negative emotions. If there are only two emotions, love and fear, then I'm allowing myself to be led by fear, aren't I? Yeah, see how it's all connected? A lot of people put on a fake smile and cheerful demeanor and fake positive. That can get you over the hump if it's temporary, but if it's a way of being, it's inauthentic. Our fire isn't burning because we're not moving under our own steam. We're not using our power. It's all connected, guys. But what I love most about water is the fluid nature of it. It never resists, yet is strong enough to wear away a stone. We need these properties if we're going to navigate the unknown aspects of life. This could be anything from, I don't know if my crush likes me back, to the big questions of the universe like, what happens after death? We need the stability of earth, the confidence of our own thoughts, the strength, courage, and will of fire, and the flexibility of water to get through the the unknown. There's more unknown in physical life than there is known. I see people who all the time who chase data trying to figure stuff out so that they can be safe, but that's limiting yourself. Use your heart. This is the right brain feminine way of knowing. That's the guide for the unknown. You can't tap that if your water energy is wild and crazy and mood swingy. In the myth of Inanna's descent, the Sumerian goddess of love, war, and fertility decides that she wants her sister's realm too, the underworld. Brave woman. She outfits herself with all of her battle gear, but in order to get in, she has to be stripped of an item at each gate. And when she gets there naked and vulnerable, her sister kills her. Both players have a lot to teach us about water energy. It takes a lot of sand to go into the unknown where no one has yet returned. So kudos to Inanna for that. But Arishki Gal is goddess of the underworld. She sees through Inanna's excuses for why she's there and know that she wants to overthrow her. She doesn't give her that satisfaction. We all have unknown paths before us and death is only the last one. Water is the season of death and decline and if we don't practice moving through uncertainty, when the final death comes, we're gonna be really unprepared for it. What most people do is avoid it. They don't talk about it, they don't engage in it. They pretend it's not happening. They look on the bright side and focus on the blessings of life, which I totally agree, uh, agree with as part of the plan. But this stage of the game is tribing. 
If we're going to be part of the natural world we live in, we have to engage with all of it, good, bad, ugly, and unknown as it is. We have to have faith that we are love and light and that whatever is on the other side, that unknown, it's going to be okay. Love is all there is. Moving through water with fear really inhibits growth in our ability to connect. Think about it. What's more unknown than what someone else thinks? Is there part of cheating? Are they scamming us? Are they taking what they can get and then splitting? If I invest in them, will they leave when the chips are down? It takes a lot of trust to invest in another person, a company, or a community. They're sovereign people. You're a sovereign person. You each have your own desires and values, and they may not always mesh well. So you could be left, abused, or betrayed or some way. Life's uncertain. Trust and live it anyway. Move through it the best you can and flow. If you hit a hard spot, flow like water around it. And when the big death comes, trust and move through that too. That's the only way to get to the fifth spot on the wheel, spirit, which is where we hit thriving. Life's holistic, so are we. When earth, air, fire, and water are healthy, we can access spiritual energy while still in the body. That's when we can be the liminal creatures that we are living between heaven and earth. If we don't get here while we're still alive, guess what? We're going to take all our baggage with us when we die and then come right back around again to do it all over. Spirit is a place of love and trust. There's no fear there. Everything we think is dangerous and a threat to our survival doesn't exist there because it's not physical. It's all an illusion. It's like wearing a virtual reality headset and forgetting that we're playing a game. If you lose sight of what's real, you'll still be in the game when you die. I um, did a virtual reality escape room once. It's my one and only experience with virtual reality. So we're in this room with a monster in a chasm and an and um, the door that we need to get to was on the other side. But to get there, we have to confront the monster. And did I tell you that this is a giant chasm as well? Yeah, so there's no way to move forward without falling in the Grand Canyon. So you either fall to your death or the monster gets you. Now my mind knew it wasn't real. It didn't even look real because the graphics weren't fantastic. But my brain kept screaming, no, no, not that way, not that way. And I was gripped with fear. But my logic kicked in. Put my fire in gear and stepped out anyway. When my feet hit solid ground beneath me, I just kept walking. It's really crazy because seeing that monster under me and seeing the pit and, and not falling, it was just like really freaky. And I'm so glad that I had that experience because whenever I get caught in fear, I just tell myself that it's not real. I actually had a nightmare like that. I'm a lucid dreamer, so I know that I'm dreaming. And I'm dreaming that this thing is sitting on my chest trying to merge with my body. And at first I'm afraid. I mean, this thing is on me, trying to merge with me. And then I realized I'm dreaming and I said, you're not real, you're not real. I calm my body down, kind of half awake, half asleep, and I just go back to sleep and it goes away. Fear is like that. We're typically not being held up at gunpoint right now. There's nothing that we need to do right now to be safe. So why are we walking around in fear? And even if it is happening right now, this is not real. We're spirits having a physical experience that we'll wake up from, like taking a virtual reality headset off. Please don't take this to mean that I'm saying that trauma and abuse aren't real. They're painful, real issues that leave real scars. And as a trauma therapist, I can confidently say that this can heal. And if we zoom out in the bigger picture, 
There's still only love and fear. Love heals all. You aren't what happened to you. You aren't what you've done. There's nothing that has happened or can happen that love can't heal. You just have to be willing to let go of the story and the pain and walk out into that chasm and face the monster. We're all going to die, and if we live in fear, we die without living. If we live in love, we have an amazing, rich experience without forgetting who we are, spirit. I think that is the ultimate teaching of the sacred wheel. I'd love to hear your take on it. If you have experienced something different, leave me a comment. And if you'd like to explore this more deeply, come join my private online community where you can meet other people who are living by the sacred wheel. I wish you love and hope you choose love. See you next week. Ciao. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you next time.